0: All right, so we're going to talk today about habits. I wrote a uh, Substack article about two habits that uh, I just recently put into place. The most interesting one of those that I wrote for me was on mentorship and how long I went without a mentor, how long I went without really narrowing down my focus of who I will listen to and we're in a, i'm going to go there for a minute we're in a uh, an environment where we just listen to everybody we can google bits and pieces of 50 different things and we think oh now i have some good information but let me give you some really good information narrowing down to 3 5 even 7 people these are the people these are my top 3 people i listen to about finances this is the top author, the top publisher, the, the top podcaster. These are the guys, the men and women that I listen to, that I take my advice from. Those kind of guys. Who are your three people? Then maybe you expand it to five, seven people, and then you listen to different people, but you're taking your main advice from a smaller group. I'm going to tell you, it'll change your life because we go from diet to diet, financial plan to financial pa- plan, plan and um, I'm not saying you follow them blindly. Of course, I'm not saying that. I am saying that you take 70 or 80% of what somebody has, and you take what they've already built, and you run with it, and you make it yours, and then you start adding in the things that really work for you. You don't keep switching up because you have all this information from Dr. Google, financial help Google, weight loss Google, and things like that. So, Now, these habits I've been um, doing pretty well um, for years, 10, 20 years or more, and um, to help myself be more successful. And I may not be as successful as you. I may be more successful uh, than you. You may be successful in an area that you don't want to be successful, which isn't truly success. Um, Success is always dependent on what you and I want. It's never what someone else wants. It's what I want and we will never be successful if we keep allowing other people to tell us what success looks like. And it's not just by myself that I pick out what success is, but it's also what God has given me, my age, where I live, what my talents and giftings are, what my family situation can tolerate if it comes to a move for work or something like that. So, um, you see, not every not every successful person is going to do the same thing. Of course they're not. But when the majority of very successful people of top performers do something, don't you think we should do that also? So here's the top five, and I'm going to go through and talk through each one. But uh the first thing, and it's not in an order of uh particular importance, it's just five. One is get up early and your brain's going. Ah, I don't want to get up early. I'm not an early riser. And we're going to talk about that. One is read and your brain can be going, I don't like to read, but there's, there's ways around it. So don't let your brain get in your way. And, and uh, the third one is to sleep well. And again, your brain might be going, I just don't, I don't only need five hours or I get up all the time, or I'm struggling. If there's things for that, there's, there's ways that we can move into these things and the fourth one is i need to fail faster and your brain be like oh i don't want to fail i hate to fail i want to be right i want to get it right and i only want to succeed and there's no such thing as failure just not true there's loads of failure you're going to fail today over and over and over again and hopefully you're going to fail in the direction of something that you want all right the number five is to persevere, just to be, to just stick to something. And i and I'm just so many people struggle with that and they're like, well, I've tried so hard, but they haven't stuck to getting something or being someone or going somewhere. They've, 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 they've let experience, they've let the wisdom, wisdom of others deter them, not deter them, I think is a word, but also do to, to have them make, get on a detour and go, go away from what they really want. So this getting up early. That can be an issue for people. It is not an issue for me. So it is not a difficult habit for me to put into place. My family was an early rising family. I think probably in the 60s and 70s and even the 80s, more families were early rising because you didn't have TV to keep you up. You didn't have all the entertainment to keep you up. You couldn't stick stay on your phone all night stuff like that. But um, my family was an early rising family. It seemed like there was always something to get done. Um, We would buy houses and then we would work on them, remodel them and sell them. So there was always something to get done all summer, weekends, holidays, stuff like that. And I started working at my first job when I was 13 uh, during the summer on a farm. And then also that summer I worked for my dad in construction and every job I've had up until probably 40, 45 was an early morning job. And for me, early morning for decades meant meant 4 30 or 5 a.m. as I worked through I worked through two degrees. I worked through part-time for both degrees. which was for a bachelor's and then a master's in education. And it could be 330 or 4 uh, to get work done. On my schoolwork before I went to work, or on my schoolwork before I went to work, and then I went to school. So it varied over the the multiple years I was in college. I never had the full college experience, but for me, rising early meant four thirty to five o'clock. I got up at five o'clock today. I got up at three thirty yesterday. Can't say I wanted to, but I did, and then I start doing something. However, this is what I want you to know rising early is a relative term if you don't go to work till noon then maybe getting up at 9 30 is rising early for you the the idea behind rising early is to take control of your day is to take control of your day to put some importance on you on you to put some importance on you for you to meditate for you to pray for you to read your bible for you to take a walk For you to, yes, maybe eat breakfast and brush your teeth and do some things that are good for you so that you're not rushing into your life doing everything for your boss and everybody around you. Early morning is a great time to read 20 minutes, 30 minutes of something motivational to maybe listen to this podcast or read my Substack article. There you go. That's That sounds like that would be a great way to start your day, but to read things, to to maybe text somebody a scripture, to maybe reach out to someone that you've been praying for, to ask God what he wants to give you during your day. Behind me, I have some stickers on. on I've got uh, two doors coming into this office, a front door and uh, a door into our hallway into our home, and I've got some stickers over there. And it's like, God, what do you want to show me today? What do you want to give me today? And so that's an important thing. That's an important start to your day. It is your day. Don't give it to your office. Don't give it to your boss. Don't give it to even to entertainment. Take your day. You decide how you're going to start it, and it will shift your day. And you will not do that if you're not rising early. So what rising early does, it gives you control over the most – Price possession, which is you. It gives you control over how you're going to start the day, give you control of what your brain is going to focus on that day, what you're going to be looking for that day, and who you want to be that day. And I had a quote here that I came up with. My quote, the foolish person demands that they are a victim of time instead of blank The foolish person demands they're a victim to time instead of they're unorganized, they're inefficient, they're trying to make everybody happy. I want you to think about that. What's your fill in the blank? Are you being a foolish person when it comes to your time? You always say, I don't have enough time. I can't do everything I want. And it's true. You might not be able to do everything you want, but you can do everything this day that the Lord wants you to do. You can do everything this day, today, that the Lord wants you to do. You might not get everything done that you want to do or the carry all the burdens and complete all the tasks that you've given yourself, but you can with what the Lord gave you. All right, so the second one is to read. I am constantly shocked, surprised, appalled, saddened with how few Christians read. It is unbelievable to me that Christians don't read their Bible, but they don't seem to read almost anything else. Yes, they're scrolling Facebook. Yes, they're reading on Facebook and Twitter and Slack and Snuggly Wuggly or whatever else is out there, but they're reading that. They're reading sports. They're reading certain things, but they're not reading things that help them change their mind that that will transform their life. They're not reading motivational stuff, inspirational stuff, spiritual things, marriage things, financial things from a biblical perspective, or simply just good marriage material, financial material, health and weight loss material. Reading is crucial for growth. If you are not reading Or listening to reading or learning, I should say, something is stuck within you and you're not going to grow and you're not going to become the person that you were created to be. Now, I know there are a few exceptions that we all know that don't read that are very successful. I'm not that person. I don't think you're that person either. I think that you probably need to read to become the person you want to be, to have what you want to have, to go where you want to go, and to do what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Now I'm in my own home in my with my family. I'm uh, famous for flunking third grade and having to go to third grade a second time. and I could not read in third grade. And somebody recently asked me that it just meant me, well, how did you read, learn to read in the second year of third grade? And it was sheer brute force of, of course, you can read. Here's how you do it. And they brought me back to phonics, and I started reading. And I am a pretty big reader right now. Um, I'm successful today, today, right now, and in my life, and I have progressively become more successful in my spiritual life, in my internal life, in my in my mind, in my mental life, in my relationships, in my finances, in those types of areas, largely because I read. And I don't read, now, I don't read randomly anymore. I used to read and I just read a lot. And through Strength Finders, I learned that I needed to bring it in, to bring it in, so I'll, folks, I'll read three or four books on the Civil War in a year. I'll read three or four books, uh, about five years ago, I wrote read five books on on a black history. And so you you bring it in, you narrow your focus. And I'll go and get marriage books for a season or a podcast. And the thing is, intentionally reading every day compounds over time and it pays a huge reward. Reading intentionally pays a huge reward. You can read for 20 minutes a night, and being a slow reader is not a good excuse not to read. By the way, there's a Bible app called Version Bible app. There's several. You can get it on your phone. It's down here on mine, right down there, that small one there. Ah, I got a background. It's going to be hard to see. But I've got that, and you can turn it on, and you can look at it, and it will tell you. It will share the scripture. It will speak to you, and you can read along with that scripture there's really no excuse not to be reading your scripture. The only reason we don't read scripture is because we don't believe that it will help us. And that's a lie from the enemy that many of us have bought into. So reading. So what reading allows you to do, it allows you to experience multiple lives at a time. You get to experience war, famine. You get to experience Be there and experience when Henry Ford started manufacturing the Model T Ford. You you get to do those things that you can't do without reading. Now, don't get me wrong. When I'm saying reading, I am saying even documentaries and or even, of course, audibles and stuff like that. But things that are teaching you to have experiences with other people it creates a huge amount of empathy and understanding for those of different cultures those with different mindsets those with different personalities and that's a that's a hugely valuable skill and you know you can learn how to be more empathetic through reading about other people it allows you to draw upon multiple levels of wisdom across the ages across hundreds and thousands of years when you read, and that's invaluable right now because we're at a we, we we have more information, more facts than we've ever had, but we have less wisdom. And reading can give you uh, a handle on that wisdom. It reading increases your vision of what is possible in your life. Reading goes something like you're reading a story about someone who isn't able to lose weight, who hasn't lost weight. And then they begin to lose 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 80, 100 pounds. You hear their story and you begin to think, hmm, maybe I can become healthier. Same with finances. You hear about a guy that barely made it through college like myself, that wasn't a great student like myself, but you read stuff that they found a thing, not 100 things, one thing, two things, three things that they could do to move them forward to help them be more successful financially, all right? So my quote for this is, only the foolish person draws solely from what they can experience within their own lifetime with their own senses. Only the foolish person draws solely from what they can experience within their lifetime with their own senses. There is a lot of wisdom out there that you can have. I'm not going to stay a lot on this this third one on sleep. I struggled with sleep probably about six years ago. I did everything from change my sheets, change my mattress. Uh, I have a I have an alarm that goes off at a certain time that has a get get ready for bed. I literally get ready for bed because sleep is so important. I was talking to a buddy the other day, and he's been working out with a trainer for about a year and a half or two. He's looking he's looking good. He's look feeling strong. He's a little bit younger than me. And his, he got a new, a new trainer, and the trainer's like, this weight is stress weight, you, and this, that's sleep. So he's now, he's now spent the last couple months working on his sleep. It's, now, God could have created us to recover and repair without sleeping. However, God created us to need sleep. And to function best, to function at a maximum level with healthy, right amounts of sleep. It seems like a small thing, but it's not. It's a big thing. It's a third. Almost a third of your life is sleeping. You might as well learn how to do it well. And I can hear a lot of excuses. I have too much to do in the evening. I get distracted. Oh, my mind won't rest and let me go to sleep. I can't go to sleep early or I'll make my sleep up when I'm not busy or I'll make my sleep up on the weekend. And all those are excuses and I understand them, but you need to work through those excuses and get a good night's sleep. The truth is if you want to be spiritually physically, relationally, emotionally, mentally healthy, happy, strong, resilient, then you will have to start to pursue better sleeping habits. Quality sleep makes us happier and healthier. It ages our minds better. It makes us smarter. Or as I like to say, it makes us more smarter. It helps us lose weight and it gives us more energy. I'm going to end with a quote of, of mine. It's only the foolish man who fights against the creator's design. It is only the foolish man who fights against the creator's design. And you and I were created for quality and right amounts of sleep every single evening. Now, here's the thing. The the fourth one is to fell faster. Now, There's a t-shirt or an idea. I said, there's a t-shirt. There is a t-shirt and I'm sure this is on it. I don't know the meaning of failure. Well, you're right. If you don't know the meaning of failure, you don't think there's such a thing as failure. It's always win, 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 win a hundred percent. Well, I just want to let you know you're a hundred percent wrong, 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 wrong. We've got to be failing in order to be learning. The only way to learn, the only way to grow is to fail. If you don't like how fast you're growing, if you don't like the rate you're learning something new or 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 moving forward, uh leaning into your life, then you need to learn to fail faster in the direction of where you want to go. Okay. The faster you fail, the more often you fell, the quicker you move towards hitting your goals and living out your vision. Now, some people are like, oh, yeah, I fail all the time. However, Those of you that are saying that, you're not failing in the direction of where you want to go. I want to make that clear. If you have a goal, you have a dream, you have a vision, you're going in a direction and you want to fail in that direction. You want to move in that direction and fail in that direction, okay? So because failing in the right direction means success because you're never 100% failing so if you start a business and you work towards it and you close it down in 18 months you failed at that business but if you want a business and you want to be a business owner and you want to be an entrepreneur and you want to have financial freedom then owning your business is a good failure in the right direction the thing is is to keep failing to to fail faster and to start another business learn your lesson readjust evaluate then readjust and get moving forward now If you're a perfectionist, you do not like to make a mistake. If you're a perfectionist, you don't want to think about losing. If you're using like super high energy, I've got to win, win, win. Then you're going to, you're going to again, lose, lose, lose. You're going to get worn out. You're going to miss what you are actually failing at and not adapt for it and not to protect yourself for those areas of failure. But if you're unwilling to fell forward and fail faster, then it's just going to be slower and slower and slower for you. If you want 2023 to be a successful year for you, you've got to learn to fell forward, to fail faster, to get up and to move on. Okay. And that getting up and moving on leads us to number five, but I would like to leave you with a quote is uh, on, on failing faster. This quote is mine. I don't know why I'm saying that. Usually I quote other people, but this, this podcast, I'm quoting myself in all five of these areas. It says, the foolish person who refuses to fail based on their own thoughts about failure fails to understand how the world itself works. Okay? that's I think that's pretty deep. The foolish person who refuses to fail based on their own thoughts about failure Fails to understand how the world itself works. Wow. All right. So you fail, you fall down. What do you do? A lot of people. A lot of people turn back around and go do th- what they were going to do. Or they say something like, I never wanted that anyways. Or it was a bad idea. And they hide their heart. They hide their heart. They guard their heart in wrong ways. She so you got to hang in there. You got to persevere. You got to say no. That's my goal. I'm going to get up again. I'm going to clarify what went wrong. I'm going to evaluate. I'm going to praise. Then I'm going to strategize. How do I move forward into this life I really want to live? How I I I blew it with my words in my marriage the other day. I blew it when I spoke to my kids. I, I man, I treated my employees poorly yesterday, but that's not who I want to be. So, you failed, you'll fail forward and go and and, and evaluate, strategize, and re-implement the new things you've learned, okay? You got to hang in there. That's number five. Too many people too often quit too soon. You got to hang in there. Don't stop. It's the journey song. Don't stop believing. You got to believe. You got to get up. You got to persevere. And I am not saying to stubbornly stick to what you're doing and beating a dead horse. I'm not saying stick to your loser uh, proposition that you're, that you're believing is going to work, even though there's zero proof around you. I'm not saying to be stubbornly stuck on what you're doing. What I'm saying is, is don't give up becoming who you dream of being. Don't give up on becoming and gaining, and acquiring, and walking in abundance, don't give up on that, hang in there, all right, a lot of people are more stubborn on why they should quit, and why they should stop dreaming, than they are stubborn towards continuing, and they're stuck often on wrong, religious, false Christian beliefs, about how God operates and what God thinks about us and what God wants us to do. Now, we can, uh, we can be really Christians. When I say we, I mean Christians, we can be really bad about being confident. We lack a lot of confidence, even though scripture says, even though scripture says that we are strong when we're weak because he is strong when i am weak which means i am strong we forget that we're like oh i'm just weak i'm just gonna be weak forever there's nothing i can do i'm a victim i can't do anything and 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 the scripture says when i am weak he is strong and i have his strength that's that's where we end we don't want to end with i'm weak and we don't want to end with i'm weak he is strong We want to go to the fullness of the story that I am weak, he is strong, he gives me his strength. I'm in lack, he has everything, he gives me everything. I'm not a conqueror, I'm a bit of a wimp, I've had a hard life. He is a conqueror, and he makes me more than a conqueror. We want to go to the full, beautiful story Of abundance in the Bible when it comes to what we're pursuing. Be strong. We can be strong even in our weakness. We can say my finances can be healthy. My marriage can be a place of grace and peace. We can go after those things. My children can be healthy, strong, loving individuals. So I was going to say so okay, That's something I do quite often, by the way. Instead of okay, I start saying, I say so because it's so. Then I say okay. so okay. So hanging in there doesn't mean just clinging to the promises. Oh, God said he's a good God. It means pursuing the promises. Oh, you're not just going to cling to it. Oh, I got a little. I got a little. I got a little bit right here. God, I'm the head and not the tail. It is pursuing today in the situation, in my marriage, in my job. What does it look like, God, for me to be the head and not the tail? All right? It is a specific, intentional pursuit of God and what is good, not generally out there, but specifically in me, for me, through me, to those around me. What most of us do, what many of us do, is we allow our experiences to determine what is true or not true. I want you to hear that. That sounds right, right? Oh, well, I know this is true because this happened to me. It's not true. It's just what happened to you. It might be a fact. It might be true that it happened to you, but it's not true of who you can now be or who God wants you to be. Do not allow your experiences to determine what is true or not true. That is what scripture and God's inner voice is for. God says, I'm more than a conqueror, even when I don't feel like a conqueror, even when I didn't conquer anything this year or this decade. He tells me what is true of me, and I want to stubbornly persevere in that direction of what he says is true to me when he says to love my neighbor i don't allow my experience of neighbors not loving me to 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 to, to just toss that scripture out or, or cross that scripture out when it says to love my neighbor and i i hate my neighbor i know i'm unable to love my neighbor that's my experience but it's still i have to hold a higher truth Scripture says to love my neighbor, and then with God's voice, you will let me know how I love my neighbor. And besides your own experiences, don't allow your own emotions. Rule over what does and does not work. Do not allow your emotions to rule over, to dictate, to demand, this won't work, this is just going to be too much, you can never have this. Hear, obey, work, believe, believe. Move towards what God is showing you is possible in life. Hear, obey, work, believe, and move towards what God is showing you is possible in life. The quote I'm going to end with is the foolish person regularly stops short of their goals and blames it on something other than their own lack of courage. The foolish person regularly stops short of their goals and blames it on something other than their own lack of courage. Joshua 1, Be Strong, Be Courageous. I'm telling you, you can be strong and courageous. And this sounds a little silly. You can be strong and courageous when it comes to weight loss and physical health. You can be strong and courageous when it comes to being anointed minister of the gospel in your day-to-day life at work. You can be strong and courageous. You can persevere into strength, into courage, into mightiness. All right? You've got this, my friends. All right. yabba dabba do. I am out of here, and I will see you next week. Bye.